This week on the Cynical Optimists. Bond 25 throws an awkward press conference. A smashed spectator throws a crab. And Marvel throws itself a party in Avengers Endgame. Welcome to the Cynical Optimist podcast, the podcast where we cover the film, TV and gaming news of the week, and then we take the second half of the show to discuss something in the popular culture, usually a film because it requires the least research. I am Phil. And I am Nick. And this week, in talking about films, we're talking about the film. Seems to be the one that's getting the biggest marketing push at the moment. It's and Anne Hathaway and Rebel Wilson's film, The Hustle, in cinema yes. May 10th. We fooled you with the title of this podcast, <laughs> Avengers Endgame. We're actually talking about whatever film it was that Nick just said. I've just seen it as an advert on the page where I'm reading my news from. <laughs> it does Are actually just... look quite funny. Can we just do the whole podcast about this weird random film that I've just seen advertised? I think, think, we, should, think we should just do that uh, every week. Yeah. Just, it will just be a random film podcast from now on. My resolution uh, for this series is to be more spontaneous, so we're doing the film The Hustle as this week's discussion film. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure in everything to do with production and editing, we're going to love that we're being more spontaneous. <laughs> um, also in the room with me and uh, on my end, I've got my friend Ollie, who's come down to stay, and he's decided he wants to be a fly on the wall for this episode. Um, I've also slipped him a bit of money, so if I've made a joke and Nick isn't laughing, <laughs> then I've got Ollie who's going to laugh instead. Um, but aside from Ollie, that, that... Ollie, that was your cue. Oh, was that a joke? <laughs> <laughs> He's our He's resident new. canned laughter. He's new. He'll, he'll get the routine eventually. <laughs> So, film and TV news. It's been a while. What's happened? Uh, Gotham? Do you remember that? Remember Gotham? Vaguely. Yep. It's, uh, uh, it, ended, it ended last night, or uh, two, three nights ago by the time this goes out. Um, I don't think anyone really noticed, but that's it. Gotham's done. Um, to be honest, it doesn't, like... Even though you've probably mentioned it every series, and we've been doing this since what twenty fifteen, yeah, it's I still feel like it's only had like one season and it's ending. <laughs> I don't know why. Even I keep putting, I've, I've missed the past like two or three seasons, so I don't know why I'm still kind of strangely attached to it. I uh, know I get it. I haven't watched any of Arrow or The Flash this year, but if it comes up in the news, I'll probably still report on it fondly. Like, oh, I remember when I used to watch that. <laughs> I have a very hollow relationship with this show. <laughs> I don't know, you were quite a staunch defender of it when you did watch it. Yeah, there's been another Joker since then, um, who's the same actor, but it's his twin brother or something dumb like that. Um, but either way, we finally got the uh, the final uh, variant of the Joker appear. Um, Is but... this a, a third one, or one of the two that already exist? This was one of the two as okay. a, who aged up and stuff, because they did a time jump by like 10 years or something. Um, so there's Batman in the final episode he is for about five seconds 
I haven't watched it, but I've watched all the scenes with Batman in on YouTube, and it's not a long time. And the costume is a little bit lame. Is it? Uh, are we talking bat nipples? No, it's it's a it's similar to the Batman Begins suit. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> we also um, oh, they also still don't actually say Batman or the Joker for some reason because I don't know why that they've got some weird like DC chain on them that stops them from actually using the characters' real names. So, is it just? Funny Man and Dark Knight. <laughs> There's a scene where Gordon asks the Joker who he is, and he's like, oh, call me Jack, or call me John, or call me something beginning with J, and it's like, wink, wink, hint, hint. Um, but it, it does feel a, it does feel a bit cheap, <laughs> if I'm being I honest. Don't get, I just don't get it. Like, why can't they just use the names? Yeah, it's DC, just... Just, just you, your own Batman. You don't have to make the off-brand version of yourself. <laughs> You've got the rights. I don't. Yeah, but D, uh, Warner Brothers are funny about that kind of thing, aren't they? Because um, they they stripped away all the characters from Arrow in order to use them in Suicide Squad and stuff, didn't they? Yeah, when they made the Suicide Squad movie, they killed off like the Suicide Squad in Arrow. Right. Which was unnecessary, because a lot of the characters didn't even appear in both. Yeah. And then uh, Deathstroke uh, has been back in Arrow since, like, even though he's now what meant to be the villain in the Batman film. Right. Yes. And obviously he was in, like, well, and that was another weird thing. I saw finally saw Teen Titans go to the movies the other day. Oh, yeah. And he's only referred to as Slade. Right. Now, I'm not sure if that's a licensing thing like these other things, or whether it's because that's meant to be a kid's movie, and his name is Deathstroke. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they got... Well, one, why would you choose him as a villain anyway, in that case? <laughs> <laughs> um, and Put two, it's just, yeah, it's, or something. <laughs> it's just weird, everyone being like, Slade. And they make a big thing of it being a really scary name. It's like, it's... Deathstroke is a scarier name. Yeah. Slade is like that is is the name of that band that did that Christmas song, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Um But yeah, moving on, um from Gotham, like everyone else will. Um you know, another thing I've banged on about for a while is they are still remaking Utopia, the Channel Four series, which I which I loved. Um it's going to Amazon Prime um, and they've just cast John Cusack as one of the regulars in the show. Um, oh, yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, he's he's good in stuff. What have I seen hmm. him in before? He's been in things. Hang on, let's have a quick look here. He's a black belt in karate or in kickboxing. Uh, what else has he done? You're just reading his Wikipedia page. Yeah. <laughs> Have I have I seen him in anything? Either way, I just wanted to talk about Utopia because it's a really good show, and hopefully the Amazon version will be equally as good. So did you say this was a a remake? Yeah. Um. Be- well, the Channel Four series only had um two seasons anyway, and ended on a bit of a cliffhanger, and it was frustrating that it didn't carry on. Whereas hmm. Amazon shows, I guess they're gonna they'll have the flexibility to carry on with stuff. But I don't see why they didn't just bring back the original stuff and then continue it. Yeah, I don't I don't know why they 
didn't do like they did with Netflix did with Arrested Development and make a continuation. Yeah. Instead, they're doing what they're doing with Hellboy at the moment, and instead of making a third one, they're just starting again. Oh, that was a different studio anyway. I suppose so is this actually. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh well, we'll see how I... things go. Hmm. He's been in. He's been in Gone Girl. There we go. That's a film I've seen him in. <laughs> and that film was good, but kind of overly long. Um, but yeah, Should we talk about that next week. Gone Girl. <laughs> yeah. No, let, let's talk about it now. Let's do the episode here. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's worth checking out if you do get the chance to watch Utopia. It's probably on all four. Um, series two actually starred um, Ian McDermott. Oh yeah. In a in a lead role. Um, yeah, I wish I'd like. I wish he was in more stuff. Yeah. Because uh, he seems like someone that very much got. I want to say typecast, but it's not even as if in the original Star Wars films he was in it that much. Yeah. No, exactly. And he's actually a very interesting role in Utopia because, um, yeah, he's he's just kind of he's he's an old man who's who's kind of has got dementia and has forgotten a lot of his part. He's it's a it's a really well fleshed out character. Um, so yeah. what you're saying is. He doesn't remember the tragedy of Darth Plagueis Wise. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not. A Je- it's not a story the Jedi would tell you. Um, that leads me rather neatly into my next piece of news, because uh, the episode nine title has been revealed of Star Wars, and it's called The Rise of Skywalker. I mean, I don't need yeah. to say this. Everyone, everyone knows this. Um, and everyone saw the trailer where you hear, obviously, the Emperor's laugh at the end. So that's that's cool. Mm. What do you think? I'm still not sold on the title. I think it's strange after eight eight films that they're suddenly including an actual character's name. Mm. I know there's this thing that this uh, the Rise of Skywalker might be referring to a concept, like the Skywalker might be a title mm-hmm. at the end. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I don't know. I think. Because we're planning to do like a Star Wars kind of speculation episode this season, uh-huh. which I'm looking forward to like discussing with you, because I'm, I'm, you know, looking forward to it, but I'm all sorts of worried that Episode Nine is gonna try and retcon a lot of stuff from Episode Eight and just end up being just like Episode Seven, like it's just gonna be Return of the Jedi again. Yeah, possibly, yeah. And it's Except, just it's just gonna end on a bit of a damp squib. Yeah. But anyway, that's we'll, a discussion we'll for a later episode, isn't it? I really like the trailer. Um I, thought, I it, thought the trailer was good, yeah. Set up a lot of intrigue, some really cool looking planets. Um mm. Yeah, some of the visual stuff look really good. I'm uh, pretty excited for this one. Hmm. We shall see how it turns out. And yeah, we'll have a speculation episode a bit later on in the series. Um, and we might even come to producing a lot more Star Wars content in the future as well. Mm. But that's a little, that is... little hint of potential things to come. Stick with the uh, Cynical Optimists and subscribe <laughs> on YouTube. Wink, wink. Actually do it. <laughs> um <laughs> And if you want more Star Wars content, then you can also sign up to Disney Plus, which has uh, had a big old press conference recently. Do you see it? I've seen. I saw a lot of the outputs from it, but yeah. I didn't actually see the press conference itself. So, um, 
yeah, they're obviously doing a Star Wars. They're doing two Star Wars TV series um, off the bat. They've got the Mandalorian and the Cassian Andor series. Um, mm-hmm. I think both of those should be pretty good. Yeah, I think it's and it seems like that's going to serve two bits. Like the Mandalorian seems like it might be more for the the prequel people mm. and the the Cassian series. We the people who like the new Star Wars stuff, even though obviously that will be a prequel as well. Yeah. Well, the, the it Mandal- seems like they've gone with pretty good safe ideas. Well, the Mandalorian will will be set between six and seven, so that's quite an interesting time period as well. Okay. Um, we saw a few extra images. Um, yeah, it's not. It doesn't look like the most like bright, sort of vivid look for a Star Wars film. It looks quite sort of muddy and and gritty. But hopefully, that means there'll be some really good um, character writing and stuff like that, rather than spectacular stuff going on but I'm sure there'll be a good mm. blend in the end we can trust them some good names on that um, Marvel we've got Hawkeye we've got Falcon and the Winter Soldier we've got WandaVision did you see about this? yes I did Yeah. Um, what do you think of that name? <laughs> it's it's like it's trying to be a pun. Yeah. But like it's it's not a pun, it's just two names put together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or it's like uh I, I don't really know. Yeah. Do we just see everything from Wanda's point of view for <laughs> for the show? I don't know. It sounds more like a 80s sitcom where the two of them are having to live together <laughs> than actual like an action series. Um and There'll be apparently a Loki TV series as well, which could be interesting. Hmm. Um, what else we got? Every single episode of The Simpsons is going on there, or up until season 30 at least. Yeah, that, so... that really appeals to me. I've been pining for that for a long time. Yeah, like the the Fox animated show, so Simpsons, Futurama. Mm. Not Maybe the early Family Guys, if you want to get trip down memory lane, mm. would be decent to have on a streaming service. Yeah. And I think that is one of their biggest hooks. They're now, like, dangling to try and get people to go on. Absolutely, yeah. I um, mean, like, the first ten seasons of The Simpsons, at least, and then intermittently a few of them after that. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and obviously they're going to put all the Pixar stuff on there as well. I think there's going to be a mm. TV show based off Frozen going on there. It's... This is going to be pretty enormous, isn't it? Yeah, and I think the day when uh, all their contracts start running out with Netflix, Amazon, whatever, mm. and you start to see just the amount of content disappearing <laughs> will be pretty significant. Yeah. And also, as it currently stands, like I'm not sure how it is in other countries, but obviously Now TV has some of the films... Mm. Netflix has some of the films. Amazon has some of the films. Do you think just all of that will say, just It will disappear. And then they'll come out and say, look, there's one hub that has everything. And that's how they'll kind of like push it. Hmm. And then that way as well, they're kind of almost spinning the message to be, you don't need all three. You can just have this one. Yeah, definitely. This appeals to me a lot, to be fair. And I think it's looking to undercut Netflix as well, price-wise. Hmm. So that's very interesting. Yeah, no, there's that part of my brain that's like, oh, the Disney mega corporation is buying up everything that I love and yeah. ha- putting it all on this service. But part of me is also like, well, that's a pretty damn decent price. 
<laughs> I don't mind. Hand me over to the mega corporation. Yeah, exactly. Give me the Simpsons and give me Star Wars for a reasonable price. Or give price. me death. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm. Um, I'm actually very look- much looking forward to that. Um. So yeah, that was a very exciting um, reveal of everything that's coming to Disney Plus. Did you see the Bond Twenty Five reveal? I only saw that it's going to be that um, Rami Malek's going to be the villain. Rami Malek's going to be the villain, yeah, as was rumoured. Um, I say reveal, it was it was not really an event. It was um, probably one of the most awkward press conferences I've ever seen in my life. Really? You could find, you could find the event on YouTube. It's about 20 minutes long. Um, I got a friend who's really into Bond who texted me like, oh, it's, it's live streaming now. I was like, oh, here we go. Um so I tuned in or whatever, and um, the the presenter did a really good job of like trying to sort of um, drive up a bit of hype about this movie. But bearing in mind, on the last Bond press tour, Daniel Craig said that he'd rather split his wrists than do another one. He did not look especially happy to be there. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say I've I've seen the comment before of like don't ask actors whether they'll do another one just yeah. after they finish shooting that one. <laughs> Because they probably will, but at that point they don't want to because yeah. they've just gone through the whole process. Yeah, but but also, <laughs> come on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they announced a load of returning cast. I'm quite interested about uh, Phoenix is coming. Uh, Felix is coming back from uh, Casino Royale. Which sounds okay, because cool. they've suddenly decided there's like a continuity, didn't they? <laughs> Inspector. Yeah, they lined up all the yeah. all the pictures of everyone who was in the previous movie. They're like, oh, it's all part of the same thing, <laughs> retroactively. Bond went through like a, a 3D IMDb page of everyone who was in the franchise. Hmm. Um, but yeah, um, it was just a very like... No one really looked like they wanted to be there. The director, um, Kari Fukunaga, like, he took over quite late in the game by the sounds of it. Um, and, and they also even mentioned in the press conferences that they've only just finished writing it. Because they've, and despite the fact that it was the beginning of their production, they were kind of bringing in um, Phoebe Waller Bridge to do last minute rewrites and stuff like that. So I'm, I can't imagine this is going to go well, is it? It's always always a great sign, isn't it? When they're like, oh, we're having last minute rewrites. On set. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's always a healthy production. Um, also, all the radio mics were out of sync on, the, on this live stream and stuff as well. Yeah. It was just very crap. And they showed about four montages of like, she literally said like, before we interview Daniel Craig, let's have a let's remind ourselves who he is. And they, t- <laughs> they did like a like a two minute like montage of all the pre- all the. Bear in mind, there's only three of these movies. It, it feels like there oh, should four, be sorry. more. Does, yeah, sure. Yeah, it feels yeah. like there should be more than four, though, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, At this point, yeah. considering what what year was Casino Royale? Two thousand five. <laughs> Be- sorry, before the MCU began. <laughs> and that's had uh. 22 movies. Anyway, um, yeah, it didn't go entirely well. Um, I-, I saw a tweet, someone said it's the uh, the fire festival of film, film announcements. <laughs> um, and they didn't announce the title, nor did they show any kind of teaser trailer at the end either. So... What was the point? I don't know. But like just compare that to like the Star Wars reveal 
where they did the the tight they did the trailer and then the title and the Palpatine laugh. Then Ian McDermott comes onto the stage, says "Roll it again." Oh, just compare and contrast the two reveals. It feels like they almost just didn't want to do the event. Yeah, it feels like they don't like really. Somebody want to do the told film, them to they honest. had to do it. Yeah. Oh well. Bond 25 in theatres 2020 probably maybe if it goes ahead <laughs> if the whole crew don't just drown themselves in before the just blow off work <laughs> we start off gaming news this week with a callback to a company that we reported on in December last year Epic Games so whilst the main thing putting their flagship title Fortnite in the news this week has been their second Avengers crossover event, that isn't what we're looking at, sadly. As much as I'd love just to spend like 10 minutes going, oh, you can get Captain America's shield as a weapon, that's cool. Um, it's a shame we don't much... get to talk exclusively about Cap- about the Avengers later on. Yeah, no, well, <laughs> yeah. If if you want, we can tack on talking about Fortnite Avengers content onto the film review. (laughs) Um, But no, instead for this first piece, we're going to look at two pieces of news from the last seven days. One which is questionably good, uh, one that is definitely bad. So starting with what you could consider good, depending on the ramifications you see for the industry, this week it was reported that Epic has said that it will stop securing exclusives if Steam rises to meet its rate of revenue share with publishers and developers. So, as we've previously reported on, the revenue share that Epic offers is 88.12, with the 88% going to the developers, which is more than Steam does. Mm -hmm. So, to quote Tim Sweeney, who's the CEO of Epic Games, if Steam committed to a permanent 88% revenue share for all developers and publishers without major strings attached... Epic would hastily organise a retreat from exclusives while honouring our partner commitments and consider putting our own games on Steam. Such a move would be a glorious moment in the history of PC gaming. Um, That's dramatic. And would... Yeah. <laughs> it's it's quite something, isn't it? Yeah. It's, um... Well, me and Ollie were discussing this a bit before we sat down to record. Um, what do you think, Nate? Do you think this is good for PC gaming? Um, like if, because part of it could be just be Epic Games trying to showboat. They could just be trying to get the attention of the fact that of, that they're securing these exclusives in the first place by yeah. trying to spin it. Um, what do you think? I agree. <laughs> Thank you. That's all right. No worries. I've always got a good contribution. Um. No. Um, yeah. That's um. Obviously, yeah, it's going to be a good bit of good spin if they try and like get the gamers on board with with changing how much the developers get from independent games and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I, that's probably a good thing, right? Yeah, that's the thing. It's <laughs> am, I, am I correct? Down, <laughs> if you strip it down to its basics of we think developers should get a higher share. Hmm. That's good, but the way they're being so like, they oh, can this give is it the all only to the shareholders and not to the people who are actually making the games. I mean, yeah, that's another part of it, isn't it, for the bigger <laughs> games? Yeah. But being like, oh, the only reason we're securing exclusives for our new stop should storefront is because you're being a meanie and only giving them eighty percent instead of eighty-eight <laughs> seems a bit 
dry. It seems a bit stretched. Mm. And um, Ollie and I were in agreement that actually it's it like as much as obviously monopolies are bad and all that, we do just quite like using Steam as a launcher. Like having multiple launchers on your PC is not no. Like the thing is, there are games I would get on Origin, but I just can't be asked to power up Origin. I've even got it installed, and I just don't want to go <laughs> into it. I can't be bothered to make one more click than I have to. Like. <laughs> I, I sent this to you the Steam's other week. Steam's very but, intrusive um, as well. Steam just opens by default when your computer boots up. I mean, you can you can switch that off, oh, but okay. you know, <laughs> it's the default though, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. default. <laughs> you don't even have to um, click a button. <laughs> but like the other week, I it was a deal on Origin for the new Battlefront Two, which obviously you've you've got good things to say about nowadays. Yeah, I think it's for only always three pounds seventy four. Or like five dollars or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's a really good price, and I could get that. And I was like, I don't want to open up Origin. (laughs) (laughs) And I think if this doesn't, I have to open up another launcher. But I think a lot of people just like having it all in one place. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and I think yeah, I think this as much as it is really good, and for some indie developers, obviously, having that kind of weight in their corner is valuable. This almost seems like it's not about the developers, it's mm. about Epic Games. Yeah. Um, so what possibly could they be trying to get good spin for? What what possible bad story could have come out this week? Um, so now we're going to talk about something else that we've covered on the podcast before. Crunch. <laughs> so that is getting people to work ridiculous hours for prolonged periods of time. Mm. And this week it's been reported in... Like gaming Sounds like my bloody beers. week at the cinema, am I right? Yeah, I was going to say that <laughs> you're probably experiencing it this week. I'm experiencing the crunch. Hmm. All, all been there, lads. Um, but yeah, as, as reported, I think GameIndustry.biz, among a few others, have picked it up. Uh, a whistleblower has come forward that says when Fortnite was first released that he was working at least 12-hour days for seven days a week for at least four or five months. Ugh. And the thing is, there are some people that were on con- that, that were contractors. Mm. So therefore, if they didn't do it, they could be immediately let go. Right. And it was just a entire culture of just work until you drop. And yeah, uh, part of it was in response to the fact that no one at Epic expected Fortnite to explode mm-hmm. the way it did. Like it just became massively popular overnight. Mm-hmm. Like they it like the amount of customer service queries increase like a hundredfold or something. Um, and in response, Epic did uh, roughly double their headcount during that period. But there is a whole other issue with onboarding and training of new staff during a busy period for so many staff. Doesn't exactly... It's not an immediate help as much as it probably did help long term. Mm. In the short term, it probably did make things worse. Yeah. And they also had management, reportedly, that did not really know how to manage a live service. Oh, really? And, like, we're just... When anything broke, it had to be fixed there and then. They're like, not not in the next patch that was coming out the next week. Like, fixed there and then, on top of the work that was cut going for the next patch. Yeah, that's just disgusting, isn't it? And it's just... Uh, they're being very reactive. As soon as things are happening, they're like, oh, my God, fix it, rather than, like... Maybe just disabling it, fixing it, bringing it back online with a new patch or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just a whole lot of situation. Obviously, it's no excuse 
for overworking your employees. Mm. But, yeah. <laughs> of course, there's the other side to that as well, which is that a lot of the developers have taken a lot of pride in the work that they've done. And even though they're not strictly being told you have to meet these deadlines, they know that what they're doing is making a big contribution and people really love it. So they're putting in the extra time willingly mm. because they're proud of their work. Yeah. Yeah, there is, there is that. I'm and sure they're, they're all and perfectionists. Yeah. Yeah, and the, um, the guy that came forward did say that actually in the beginning when it first, Fortnite first was like, oh my God, this is taking off. It's becoming a worldwide phenomenon. Mm. They were all quite happily putting in those hours because they were like, oh my God. This is amazing. Mm. But I think it does reach the point of after hours and hours, you know, after months of it. Yeah. That it does start to become a bit difficult. They set the bar too high at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think um, it's almost um, symptomatic of anywhere that suddenly becomes successful without realising. And all of a sudden has all that focus on it. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's the latest in a line of companies recently that have been uh, fallen under the spotlight for this so as much as this one is I don't want to say well arguably better than some of the other studios because this I guess was in response to something they weren't prepared for which is not good but no one really you know no one's really prepared for something going viral whereas yeah. like Rockstar and places like that it's it's almost built in as part of the culture oh yeah for sure and that yeah, yeah. same with um yeah, like uh, that Red Dead Redemption and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had to... The crunch on that was to perfect the... Um, how the water dripped on the horse's testicles, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, and it was like the, the way that the, they swung in the wind or something like that. <laughs> yeah. That, 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 was, that was taking perfectionists That was to... vital, Phil. I don't think you realise how vital that work was. <laughs> I don't want to know what what you play on your PS4. <laughs> <laughs> you just ride the horse around. It's like, oh no, because I like the environments. <laughs> and you're just like sweating. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <sighs> so, moving on in the news. Um, so there's been a new Smash Brothers DLC. The first DLC character has been released. So mm-hmm. not counting Piranha Plant. That was a pre-order character. Mm-hmm. So this is the Joker from Persona 5. Has been released from the what now? Uh, so, hmm? from where? Persona Five. Oh. It's a kind of JRPG. Oh, okay. Do you have to call him Jeremiah because of copyright? No. <laughs> luckily, he gets to keep his name. <laughs> um. So, as usual, new, new popular thing gets released. It's kind of a rush to the presses with the new stories. So, a lot of the ones we're covering are quite pos- uh, quite fun, quite positive. So, I'm going to leave those. But let's get the awkward, annoying, dumb one out of the way first. <laughs> so, as part of this DLC, alongside the character, you also got a stage, and you also got songs from the Persona series added in Smash. One of these, titled Wake Up, Get Up, Get There, features an improvised spoken word section by a non-English native speaker singing in English. Mm-hmm. And as a result, a writer at Kotaku misinterpreted some of the improvised lines as being a word that it wasn't and ended up writing a article saying, oh, this is bad. Um, I'm not going to repeat the word because I don't think it does warrants repeating, but a lot of fans have, a sh- and also the developers have said, 
that it's most likely retort it. So I don't need to say what the article was trying to say that it was. Right, okay. <laughs> um, I think this is the result of rushing to get out an article in time with something popular's launch to get dem clicks. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very stupid. Mm-hmm. And I think they, they've put up a retraction now, a full retraction. And <laughs> they got a statement from, I think it was Nintendo, being like, of course, that's not what it says. <laughs> Imagine working in that comms team, like, that's not what it says at all. Yeah. Can we get a statement, just please? A... Just four words, just like, it doesn't say that. Yeah. It's, yeah. I don't want to give it, I don't want to give this story too much time, because yeah. some people have used it as an excuse to send abuse to the writer of the article and stuff like that and a lot of very stupid stuff has happened as a result right but for god's it's it, this kind of is one of those occam's razor things like the assumption is that it's probably not that yeah <laughs> um so maybe don't write an article on it yeah and as long as they kind of you know as long as the lesson is learned for the future which probably won't be we'll probably be reporting on misheard lyrics in about six months time then you know when we're doing these podcasts again but at the time being it's like oh for god's sake okay yeah so that's the, that's the kind of annoying story that's been floating around this week mm-hmm. um which brings us on to the the funner stories so the number one is uh as part of its 3.0 up 3.0 update which um the dlc was uh made available at the same time mm-hmm. Uh, they also bought Stage Builder back to Smash. Oh, right, yeah. Oh, I saw it. <laughs> uh, have you been seeing the videos? Yes, I have. Some of them have been so, so good. So, like Nintendo have been taking some of these down, though, right? Yes. Like, right, okay. <laughs> and, like, when I, I found, actually, the first time I went on to play online after the update, uh-huh. there was a brand new, like, window that popped up saying, um, essentially... We will take down any inappropriate uh, content and give you a ban. And it's like, that had never come up before, obviously, when it just been smashed. Yeah. So it was very clearly in response to the stage builder. Many a phallus. Um, That's all... <laughs> all we can say. So, yeah. Um, but there's been some quite fun videos doing the rounds. Like, one's making really interesting combos out of the portals. Right, okay. So, like, they've been, like, kicking somebody through a portal and then, like, dropping down and that person's been coming out another portal and they've been hitting them again. Into oh, them. right, okay, yeah. And it almost like, you know, those machines that kind of go in, like, a sequence. Yeah. Um, and there's also, of course, been a steamed hams version <laughs> stage, <laughs> um, which is me fighters of Skinner and Superintendent Charles. Amazing. <laughs> So just go look them up. A lot of the stage builder stuff is really funny. Yeah. And like, oh, that's fun. I think on the actual service itself, uh, the discovery of stages, is, you know, you have to wade through a lot of rubbish. Yeah. But there's enough articles and videos and stuff of good stages that you can go and download. And some of them are just funny. <laughs> um, and finally, in my list of free Smash Brothers stories, this one is actually about Melee. Uh... So this was reported by Game Informer and some other outlets. At a recent Smash Brothers Melee tournament, after winning his way through um, through the loser's bracket mm. to clinch victory at an event, 
a spectator threw a dead crab at a Smash Brothers player. (laughs) (laughs) In something that was referred to in the Smash players community as Crabgate. (laughs) Why? (laughs) I don't actually know. It's like this person was just annoyed at this person who had managed to win his way and clinch victory from the loser's bracket. Mm. And just, it didn't hit him, but... (laughs) This crab just went flying past his head. <laughs> and that person who threw the crab has been banned from future tournaments and <laughs> his name has been spread throughout the organisers, but none of the articles are the articles are refusing to name him, which is good. <laughs> I don't think you should give positive attention to people who do this, but <laughs> I just can't stop like why why crab? <laughs> who who has that on them at a tournament? <laughs> Who's like, I've got this in my bag, ready. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, maybe it was dinner. Yeah, maybe he's like, ah, oh, this was it meant to be his victory dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Bought himself crab. Oh, I fancy a crab like, tonight oh. to celebrate my win. Saving it for a special occasion. <laughs> like Smash Brothers tournament. <laughs> but yeah, it's just... Well, to be fair, it's quite, it's quite practical, because you can use that as, as your victory celebration dinner, or as... A weapon. <laughs> there you go. I mean, uh, like uh, bananas. I was gonna say, uh, yeah, arguably you could say that about most food. Yes, that's true. Could be your victory, <laughs> or you could throw it at someone. I guess. How would it go? Do you reckon it like spins like a batarang? <laughs> I might be interested. Was there a video of this? Uh, you could probably find one. Okay. I'm guessing because all these events are, like live stream nowadays. Yeah. So you probably could look up the video of... And apparently the guy that it almost hit got quite pissed off, picked up the crap and then threw it back. (laughs) But he went on Twitter later and apologised. He was like, I'm sorry for losing my temper earlier, but somebody threw a crab at me. I think that was justified. This sounds like it might have been like a misheard (laughs) lyric or something. (laughs) Uh, So that one, like, obviously... You don't want to get hit by a crab. It's good that it didn't hit him. But yeah. that story, I was just like, nah, i got to talk about that one. Got to have some funny stories in our news, <laughs> don't we? Yeah. Well, did you say that he threw the crab back? Was it like, oh, sorry, you missed. Here, have another go. <laughs> no, I think he. it was a very angry throw. It wasn't like, okay, mate, try again. <laughs> it was like, I think probably some expletives were yelled. And he was like, Starting a game of throw the crab. Yeah. What a load I of I think crab. if the guy went up to have a second <laughs> go at throwing the crab, I think at that point other people I'd hope would intervene. <laughs> I like to think it if... just sort of fling, slings through the air and then just like just lodges into the wall at the other side. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to stink up the place for weeks. <laughs> so, moving on to some hardware news. So there's been... Quite well, there's been a few headlines this week, so I'm just going to be going through them. The last one I might talk about a bit more. They forgot to put it's... the disk drive in an Xbox. <laughs> yeah, that is one of them. Right. That is uh, the new all digital diskless Xbox One S. It costs $50 less. Hey, it's got than one of those fancy all digital Xbox now. <laughs> but uh, I was going to say, because uh, for those who don't know, Nick has recently given up a lot of his physical DVDs. Yeah. He's going to all digital with his viewing media. Mm-hmm. So I was going. To, I was interested to get your take on this. Yeah, it makes sense. Would you, would you buy a PlayStation 
five without a disk drive. Absolutely. Um, and well, actually, the one thing that um, has always bugged me a bit about this kind of thing is that like uh, digital downloads don't lose their value. Yeah, like I, I, I'm, I'm quite into buying. My big thing as I'm well. quite into buying secondhand because, I mean, obviously, like digital is the ultimate best thing for the environment. But like, if you buy secondhand, like usually it's it's perfectly workable. Um, it's a lot cheaper than you'd buy for a new thing. Um, that's why you go into CEX and you just see like Blu-rays for like two quid. Whereas like <laughs> if you look at a digital iTunes download or a Google Play download and it's still like fifteen quid, I. Especially some first first party video games yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I hope as we go a bit more digital, I, f- I hope that there are sort of better discounts and deals on stuff as they um, as they become older. More or... more like Steam, because at the end of the day, Steam has basically killed the physical PC gaming. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like you, you don't buy PC game discs anymore. No. Um. And they do that through having good prices and regular deals. And, and Humble Bundle and stuff like that as well, I suppose. Yeah, because one of the things that's, I guess, yet to be seen is whether third parties will still be able to sell yeah. codes or whatever. Yeah. Because if it becomes like you can only buy stuff through the Microsoft Store, then that's not good. Like, Because that means you're just going to be stuck paying those prices. No, I think it makes a lot of sense. And especially, like, I, I only buy about three or four games per per console usually and like when when you buy a, a physical disc as well you put it in and it's it's still you're like okay this is good because i don't need to take up too much hard drive space on my playstation kind of thing and then it's like installing fifty thousand gigabyte file onto your playstation <laughs> even when you put the disc in um yeah i was going to say both the uh ps4 and the xbox one this generation have been put in the disc and then has to install anyway. Yeah, exactly. We're massive down. So, I, I was so excited to play Spider Man when I got it, and then it's just like estimated time one day, and it's oh, great. Thank you. Yeah, there's not. <laughs> it's yeah. been even worse. It's been even worse with like the Switch, where you get like the trilogy, like the Crash Bandicoot trilogy, and only the first game is included on the cartridge, so you have to download the other two anyway. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't played over the second or third one on that yet. It was the same with Spyro on the PS4 as well. They only included the first game on the disc, and the other two are an extended download. So oh, right. having the physical media is pretty pointless. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I a lot of say, um, yeah. a lot of even like um, like Phil a couple of years ago, you bought me um, Pokemon Silver right on on my 2DS. Yeah, and all that was was a code, it, wasn't it? It was just because I got gold for myself. It was a it was a three DS sized box, like game box, with nothing inside it whatsoever. <laughs> I think it was quite a good collector's item. Oh though. yeah, it's nice. It's nice. Like... It's nice as a gift, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. Phil, I'm not trying to sag off what you got me for Christmas two years ago. Fine, I won't get you anything this year. <laughs> um, although saying that, I say it was a, it was a nice thing, like a nice collector's thing to have. I just bought it. I just bought gold digitally. I didn't get bothered getting the box. Yes. <laughs> like, how do you wrap up a digital gift anyway? Yeah, no, you, you can't. Yeah, and it's a lot more. Yeah, it is a lot more thoughtful. <laughs> Thank you. I needed that. <laughs> um, and actually, interestingly, one of the things just uh, since we're talking about Microsoft is that they've recently been uh, reportedly saying that they'd like to work on they're working on a streaming service that it's explicitly described as a Netflix for games mm. and to be honest me and you have talked about this before I'm pretty sure yeah. on, on this podcast Definitely. 
And if done right, that could be really good. And I think Nintendo are very slowly starting to get there with their their old games. Mm. Like the Nintendo Switch Online comes with like an app that lets you access old Nintendo Entertainment System games. If that was expanded to be their entire back library, yeah. then that would be like a real good one because that's just streaming old game. That's just streaming old games. Yeah. So that's something to keep an eye on because if one company does it well, then it will kind of encourage the others to follow suit. Yeah. Well, um, isn't it's about to, isn't Google doing something quite similar as well? Oh, the Stadia, that's isn't it? it? Yeah. Yeah. So I haven't got this down because it wasn't really recent news. Yeah. But that that's meant to be all streaming, and I don't know. I'm skeptical about it. Because that's, but I'm interested to see where it comes from. Because of the way that works, it doesn't. You don't have to actually take up your hard drive space, do you? Yeah, but the amount of um, internet bandwidth I think you need for it is massive. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm sure. But like that's that's something that will. I know that not maybe it's not quite ready right now, but that's definitely something that will. That's that sounds like the future to me, doesn't it? Yeah, but it's um. Moving us further and further away from a game being a thing you own. Like, yeah. And it's more to this live service model that games such as Fortnite, PUBG, and some other games run under. And I don't ever want to be in a position where I'm paying like a monthly subscription just to play a game. Yeah. Rather than just buying it. Yeah. Uh, because I'm very good at putting down games for like two months and then picking them up oh, later. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. But we'll, we'll have to see how it goes. I hope it goes in a good direction, but... I think all it will take is a company willing to do it in a good direction to try and positively steer all the others. Yeah. Because the bad ones will die out. Or at least I hope that's all happen. <laughs> um, and then Apple, so Apple will for... monopolise it in five years' time. <laughs> yes. And then pretend as if they've just invented it for the first time. Exactly. And it's a brand new thing, <laughs> never seen before. You have to get a new games console every year. <laughs> the iGame 6. <laughs> Um, so moving on from Microsoft to Sony, so the PlayStation 5 has been teased, so some of the details that have come out about it is that supposedly it will have a decent launch price, uh, Sony now have to say this apparently after the PS3, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it will have PS4 backwards compatibility, which is, um, could be big if it's true, because they've not done backwards compatibility really for a since, well, they did it for the did they do it for the PS3 for PS2 games? No, because otherwise I'd be on the original Star Wars Battlefront every day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they haven't done it since the PS2 then no. for the PS1 games. No. Uh, and also, PlayStation VR will be a bigger thing for the PlayStation Five. And mm-hmm. um, we also know that it won't release before April 2020, so it's at least a year. And to be honest, I don't expect it will be announced until late this year at the earliest. Right, so. yeah. Um, and finally, nin- well, not finally, but out the last of the big three, Nintendo. So they've said that there are going to be no variants of a Switch announced at E3 this year, following rumours that there'll be a Pro version, which will be bigger, mm-hmm. and a Lite version, which will be smaller and all-in-one. I caught that. Without kind of... Detachables. Yeah, I caught that news about the um, the cheaper version, and that sounded quite appealing to me, because I'm I'm just the resident <laughs> stingy bastard of the show. So, that's... <laughs> well, you're one of like 
the people that actually bought a 2DS, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> you bought the 3DS that does not fold in half, <laughs> so you're definitely you're going to buy the Switch that does not come, come apart. Probably. That is my kind of market, actually. Um, that's a shame, though. I quite like, I did quite like the idea of that. Well, I think it's very careful what they've said, as they've said that we're not going to announce it at E3, yes. but Nintendo are well known for always playing with their own timescales and not liking to announce stuff at other people's events. Mm. So it'll be like one week after E3 and Nintendo will be like, well, we're going to have a Switch Direct and announce some new hardware. <laughs> uh, to be honest, or they'll do it the week before E3. And they'll be like, we technically didn't announce it at E3. Tune in for this Nintendo Direct. Well, the headline is very specific. Yeah, we're not going to announce anything at, at E3. E3. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think there still probably will be uh, something because Nintendo cannot resist releasing variants. Um, like the 3DS has had like five <laughs> uh, and at the same time the Switch has just zoomed past another one of their old Nintendo consoles in sales mm. it has now outsold the Nintendo 64 so it previously soared past the GameCube and the Wii U uh, although granted the Wii U did not take them very long <laughs> <laughs> so it's still wasn't it within like the first kind of like Four months or so for the passing the Wii U. Yes, wow. I think it was. I think it was within a year. Really? It was like it just went past Christmas, and it's like, right, we've outsold the Wii U now. Hmm. So I'm guessing not the, um, not the Wii, because that's probably still holds the torch, right? Yeah, for Nintendo consoles. Oh no. Well, if we're talking just home consoles, yeah. then yes. If you include handhelds, it's the Game Boy. Right. Okay. Um, but those are in like the hundreds of millions and this is what it's just gone past about 36 million okay so it's still got some ways to go yeah. but well bear in mind, bear in mind what, it is quite a high old. price point as well like if they did if they did do like a a light version then i'm sure that probably would sell quite well yeah, yeah. no so I'm, I'm i'm expecting it to continue going i wouldn't be surprised if it you know i don't expect it to do wii or uh Game Boy numbers, or even Nintendo DS numbers, mm. but maybe Nintendo 3DS numbers, because mm. that one was a bit lower. Good one. And f- finally, uh, Capcom, so Capcom makers of Mega Man, have announced their own retro console. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm going to send you this link, actually, so you can see what it looks like now. Please do. Over the chat. Uh... Because it is quite something. Uh, Bear with us. You can edit this out. No, I'll keep it in. (laughs) I was going to say, you're editing this week, of course it's (laughs) there. This is what makes it real. Just put it in the chat for you. Is it in the Skype chat? Yeah. I'm not seeing it. Okay, maybe I will edit this out. Oh, here we go. Games industry. Goodness, that's a lot of money, isn't it? <laughs> Wait, hold on. I mean... Is that a, is that what it looks like? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had the same reaction. <laughs> so this is Capcom's home arcade. 74 with a controller centimetres long. With a controller that is just the Capcom logo <laughs> with two joysticks on it. I was like, okay, so where's the image of the console? <laughs> and it has 16 games on it. So bear in mind, 
less than, say, the Mini NES <laughs> and the Mini SNES, and it's going to cost $200. That is insanity. It is... Like, I, $230. I just... It's like... It's like... Well, 230 euros. It's nearly like 15 quid a game. Yeah. My God. It's... So, and some of them... Um, they're all 16-bit era games. Yeah. So, if you compare that to these, uh, the, the mini Super Nintendo, because yeah. that was also 16-bit era, which had 21 games on it, uh, and was £80. It's just... I don't... I don't... I don't... I get it. Don't get it. Um, Jesus. This is... Although I've got some more stories, this is honorarily the uh, the weird the weird Capcom product of the week, which it always seems to be Capcom that releases these weird products. I, I scrolled uh, straight past that image of the console, assuming it was just the Capcom logo. <laughs> but it's the actual well, console. <laughs> uh, so, and this console has not been without uh, controversy itself. So the emulating software it uses on board is called FB Alpha, mm-hmm. and it's n- licensed... The FB Alpha license prohibits commercial use, so that's stirred a contra- controversy. Because <laughs> this is being sold for two hundred dollars. They made even more of a mistake out of this than PlayStation did. Yeah, like the PlayStation one ended up being like how not to do it, and Capcom were like, "Hold my beer." <laughs> yeah. Um. So. It's this controversy is quite interesting because given how anti emulators video game companies are meant to be, <laughs> the fact that they've taken one to put in their to put in their device is actually quite ironic. I can't believe it's nearly a meter long. <laughs> what do you even do with that? <laughs> that won't fit in a almost... drawer. That won't fit in your TV's drawer. It's going to be one of the murder weapons in the gaming version of Cluedo. <laughs> um, it might be more functional that way. I'm genuinely looking at my TV cabinet and like, it wouldn't even fit in one of the sections. That's because it's so important it needs to be like a prime thing that you display on your table. <laughs> it's the cent- It's like a, on, on, on top of all your coffee table books. It's just this massive... Capcom logo. <laughs> this is my Capcom. <laughs> uh, but I actually saw a, a tweet which was like uh, theorising about it and I think they had it pretty bang on that what this was designed to be was something that YouTubers bought, did an unboxing video of, mm. then never played <laughs> had on the shelves in the background of their streams. It would be a good draft excluder. You could put that under a door. <laughs> <laughs> for one of those <laughs> but basically it's it's designed to be on camera but not used right. as a advert for Capcom right okay like cause imagine if like you know these streamers have these background designs yeah that on its side if it doesn't just fall over <laughs> <laughs> we're just all it is in the end is a Capcom logo yeah which I think was what they were trying to do with it, but it's just so ugly. It's just so bad. <laughs> or is it genius? And people, and people are like, "Oh yeah, like the uh, we the Wii controllers had had like slightly pointy edges," and it's like, "Well, this is just a giant logo." <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I just... Uh... Maybe they want you to like build it into an arcade cabinet or something. That would then kind of make sense. Yeah, but that's even more expensive. <laughs> that comes in the uh, extra £900 expansion pack. Yeah, that's the collector's edition. Jesus. Which has Capcom on it all over. Ugh. <laughs> uh. So yeah, that's going to be a day one purchase for all three of us, I think. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) For the draft exclude uh, um, function, right? (laughs) Yeah, no, I have an issue that because of the way my windows are, like when wind comes down my road, it just slams my window shut. So that should (laughs) solve that nicely. Prop it in. Uh, The only only problem is the the console may end up falling out the window, but uh, it's a risk you take. Use it as a chopping board? No, because of the joysticks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, moving on to just the other headlines from this week. Uh, Reggie fils president of Nintendo of America, has retired this week. He announced back in February that he was going to retire. He's in his late 50s, although he really does not look it. Um, and he has been with Nintendo since 2004. And if you don't recognise the name... You've probably seen a Reggie meme. Like, he's one of the most memed video game executives. <laughs> if you've ever heard the phrase, my body is ready, that was him. <laughs> or, I feel like a purple Pikmin, that was him. Um, I'm here to kick ass and make games, Amazing. that was him. Amazing. Um, and he's just made himself a Twitter, which is just at Reggie. And he's been, like, tweeting as he cleared out his office of all, like, the mementos he's found over the years. Aww. And actually, that was quite nice, because the thing is, he was genuinely a voice for good in the industry, and he was the first, like, proper gaming executive to become a personality, and I think a lot of them are trying to copy what he's done now. But, like, he used to get super involved in, like, their their Nintendo Directs and their videos, Mm. um, and do all sorts of weird skits and stuff, so I think... Yeah, it's a great shame that he's retiring, but he's worked really hard and he's done some great work, so. Um, and do you know the name of his uh, replacement? Go on. As president of Nintendo? Go on. I need to remember his first name. I think it's Dan, but it's Dan Bowser. <laughs> no, it isn't. It That's is. The president of Nintendo of America is now got Mr. Bowser. <laughs> And that's already uh, got him off to a good start because people are like, oh no, Nintendo's being run by Bowser. <laughs> he won. <laughs> um, so also in the news this week is that there's a new DLC for Hat and Time coming. They did a live stream on Thursday. Oh, yeah. So it's um, a new city fe- uh, based around like cats. So there's like cat buses and stuff like that. And it's very, uh, very nyan. All right, uh, but the actually the interesting bit of it and is that it's going to have up to fifty players together playing online. Hmm. So that's going to be because there's been a recent rise of that in like the modding community for old collector funds like Mario sixty four. So I think that's going to be quite an interesting one. I think it's mostly for like the YouTuber Twitch crowd, right? But yeah, it looks yeah, looks pretty good. It's out next month. Um, there is a spiritual successor to Zoo Tycoon coming from the creators of Planet Coaster. Mm. 
So that's called Planet Zoo. Right. Makes sense. And that's c- coming in autumn. And to be honest, I'm 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 up for it. Yeah. I enjoy those kinds of games. I've got Planet Coaster on my wish list for Steam. But with those sorts of games, I always have grand ideas of the type of stuff I'll design, but I've got no skills. <laughs> so they end up just being like pretty standard coasters. But a zoo, you know, as long as you can do that thing where you release all the animals, <laughs> and I'm sold. Can you do dinosaurs? I don't think so, oh. but I wouldn't be surprised if that was like a expansion down the line. Yeah. Or how long until you get the dinosaur mod? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, if it's got a modding community, then that'll be like day two. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Planet Coaster's got like some ridiculous mods, so it makes sense. Yeah, no, Planet Coaster's got quite a good modding community, hasn't it? So yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you get like unicorns. <laughs> like, I like that was the first thing that you thought of. Pegasi. <laughs> Pegasus. Dinosaurs. <laughs> well, multi- multiple Pegasus, I assume that's correct. <laughs> Um, and finally, and another quite good story is obviously it was awful news a few weeks ago, the fire at Notre Dame. Um, but as it turns out for Assassin's Creed Unity, which takes place in Paris, they modeled, they had modeled the entire thing. Yeah. So Ubisoft actually donated 500,000 euros for the restoration. And they've said, if you want to use the model... You can use it. Yeah, I saw something because they took like one of the most like hyper accurate scans of that building like that's ever been done for <laughs> that game, didn't they? Yeah. Mm. So, um, and for actually for a short time they were giving away Ubisoft, uh, Assassin's Creed Unity for free. Yeah. That's now over, and actually the result of all this is the first ever instance of a game being re- what's being referred to as reverse review bomb. Yeah, I saw this. Yeah, so, um, obviously review bombing is when you spam, like, controversy means that a game gets spammed with negative reviews, and Steam actually has a policy now about removing these. So the question is now, does Steam have to remove a positive review bomb? (laughs) Or is that fine? Is only, because I'd say just let them stand, because I think it's for a pretty pretty good reason. Yeah, definitely. Everyone didn't like that game initially as well, did they? No, that well, that was the first Assassin's Creed game I think that showed that they shouldn't do one a year because wasn't that the one where the where the faces disappeared? And it's just the eyeballs and the mouth. <laughs> I think they had two that year. I think they had Rogue and that. Yeah, so Rogue was going on the PS3 and Xbox 360, yeah. and Unity was meant to be on the next gen consoles, yeah. and they just stretched themselves too thin. Yeah. And like, I think one of my friends did get that game pretty close to release. And then a few patches had already come out. But even so, when you walk past crowds of people, people were just disappearing and reappearing. <laughs> like, it was so glitchy. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. I mean, apparently the patches have got it working pretty well now. Yeah. And obviously... But to be honest, if it was able to do... If it's able to help with this whole situation with Notre Dame, then... Then it, I guess it was all worth it, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So, I've snapped Ollie out of existence so we can do the next section of the show. Um, because we're going to be talking. Yeah, he's... We... Go on. Yeah, he's not seen an, uh, Avengers Endgame. Yes, so we, and... we don't want to spoil it for him. Um, and, I'm not, yeah, as, as you were saying, I'm not sure there's a lot we can really do in non, the non spoiler section of, of this review, to be honest. We'll give it a go. Yeah. 
so <laughs> Avengers Endgame was released in April 2019. It is a three hour long film. <laughs> it stars Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, Paul Rudd. No, you're right, I can't do it. <laughs> um, it is a culmination of what, 22 movies uh-huh. or whatever it was you were saying earlier. 11 years, 22 movies. Like, just go see it. <laughs> yeah. there's. I don't think there's really anything like... I'd say go see it if you've seen 11 years, 22 movies. I, yeah, I, 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 this is not like a film you can just go and casually watch. No, it's a it's it's a payoff for sticking through uh, for the dark world. Yeah, <laughs> I think no matter what, I, I think the the more you've seen of the MCU, the better payoff you get. Um, hmm. And yeah, even even if even if your favorite film is one of like the let's say weaker ones, even though they're all kind of strong to average, even if your favorite one is probably one of the weaker or the regarded weaker ones, then I feel like you're going to get a really good payoff in this film for, for absolutely sticking with it the whole way through. I think every film gets at least a nod. Yeah. Which is pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you are going to leave us now, you can either use the time codes to just skip to the end. Or if you can't be asked, we'll see you next week. We'll be discussing something else. Something else. Yeah. But spoilers, anyway. spoilers for Endgame. What did you think? Do you want to kick? I really liked it. I thought it's uh, almost um, almost a once one in a million film, isn't yes. it? Because to set it up in such in this way across all these years, following such a almost structured, strict plan. Yeah. I, that's what exactly it is. Um, I don't think there'll ever be another like film event. I'd be very impressed if there's ever another film event that's that meticulously planned because this felt like the finale to a TV show. Um, well, the thing is, it was what, like 22 movies or something. That's basically a TV season. Yeah. A long TV season. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Um, the, 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 my initial thought coming out of this film was it's a combination of um, the Doctor Who episode Journey's End crossed with yes. Back to the Future crossed, <laughs> yeah. crossed with Return of the King yes <laughs> and even though it's three hours long I did not find myself like no. looking at my watch no. um, I, had to, I, was, I had to go I, and watch it a second time so I've, I've watched it twice now because um, initially I, I, I was thinking about um, reviewing this on the podcast, I was watching it like, is it? Can I? Is it? Is it fair to like praise a film that is like a lot of fan service to this extent? And then I watched it again, mm. and I said, yes, absolutely, it's fair to to praise this. Well, the thing is, above all else, it is just a a great film, yeah. and it deserves like it, it deserves like mm. the amount of payoffs that it gives you. And the amount that they managed to keep hidden as well. Obviously, they a lot of their comms push yeah. for the film was don't spoil the end game. Yeah. And my God, I'm glad. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> know 
anything. Even the trailers don't give anything away. No, even, really. even, the, even the merchandise doesn't give anything away because they, they we're in spoilers now, aren't we? Yeah. So um, yeah, they um they marketed they sold the figures of Thor in the in the um quantum suit, looking like how he did in Infinity War. And then when yeah, when, so that when you get the actual reveal of of present day Thor in this movie, it's it's a really good. <laughs> note that it hits like <laughs> yeah and um for the most part i did end up seeing one just bef- seeing it just before release in like one of their promotional pictures but the uh hulk banner oh right, yeah the um was for the most part kept secret it's sort of based on professor hulk isn't it mm. yeah um yeah pretty much um I, I think i had seen a couple of those posters with him but like the thor thing took me out of surprise I didn't expect half the. I didn't expect a lot of those returning characters. We get to see the ancient one again, which was awesome. Um, hmm. And I, I got a real n- need to like sort of keep these things to myself. Even now that we're recording it in the spoiler section of the show, I'm like, what if someone in the next flat can hear me? Like, <laughs> I really want everyone to just experience like everything for themselves. Yeah, that's. <laughs> In this, the gap between sections, I said to Ollie, close all the doors between us, because he's just in the next room, in the bedroom, yeah. but he's, I think he's got his headphones on playing Switch, okay. <laughs> so I think we're good. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, we see the t- we see the Ancient One return for a really, really awesome cameo, um, as well as like mm. Korg and Meek. Um, I'd say since we are doing spoilers, we might as well just run through the film from the beginning. Oh, crikey, it's a long one. <laughs> I mean, not like scene by scene, yeah. but... So I think, yeah, the film kind of picks up immediately where Infinity Ward leaves off. Yeah. Um, what I kind of guessed would be the case, but I'm glad of anyway, is that they didn't waste much time with Tony stuck in space. Yeah. Yeah, that's like, the thing. From the trailers, like, because I only saw the first trailer, I think. Maybe I caught a glimpse of the second one on Instagram or something. But, like, from the marketing and stuff, I assumed it would just be, like, an hour or two of... of Sort of the mopiness and like Tony in space and Thor like regretting um, his actions and everyone looking around sad for ages and then it's like the final battle kind of thing. Yeah, no, Tony would get back to Earth yeah. at the end of Act Two, whereas we go we go sharpeningly quick to five years later, like relatively soon in the film. Yeah, no, like the first twenty minutes is uh, Tony comes back to Earth, like. Has a bit of a freak out, obviously, because he's just—it's very traumatic what's happened. And and he's low on, like, food and oxygen. Yeah, and yeah. And like, uh, obviously, Captain Marvel comes into the picture. They're all like, "Okay, we've we've managed to track down Thanos. Let's just go get him." Yeah. They go. They find out that he's destroyed the stones, and then they just kill him. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh shit!" They just lock his big old head straight <laughs> off, don't they? Hmm. And that was actually quite a powerful moment. Yeah, because you, you don't think of these heroes doing that, and obviously that gets to fall quite a bit throughout the film. Yeah, and then yeah, then the five comes up, and it lingers. Yeah, just five, and I was thinking, what is it going to be like? Months? Yeah, no, and it's like years. years, and I'm like, I'm like, damn. Yeah, um, and. The the good the beauty about this film as well is that it doesn't it doesn't undermine any of its um, decisions. Mm. So like those five years still happen, and 
Yeah, it, it gives me a very big question, which maybe we can get into in a bit, but does this mean that half the MCU is young, five years younger than I, the other half yeah. now? Yeah, so the, the question that really got me with that was um, Spider-Man. Because, yeah, Peter Park, because obviously Peter Parker is technically five years younger than his classmates, unless MJ and Ned and Flash were all snapped up as well. Yeah, it's going to mean that like half your class are five years older. Yeah, because this, the Far From Home trailer does suggest that um, they're all the same age and things are just continuing. Yeah, so either we have to assume that the main characters were we're all. We're all um, we're all snapped with Peter, or I don't know. There might be some kind of explanation for it. Yeah. So that was one of the questions I had after watching the film. Yeah. Um, I'm. Someone posed. A, I went to the pub last night. One of my, um, one of the other managers. I'm leaving drinks at work, and someone, um, one of my friends, turned around and asked a question. Um, does Steve Rogers snog his granddaughter? Or, or yes, I think so. Does he actually? Wait, so I I don't. I don't think it depends how this time travel thing works, though, doesn't it? Yeah, it doesn't. Oh, it doesn't. It doesn't change the present. Because the last scene is kind of confusing in that sense. Yeah. Because what they're implying the whole way through is that each time they've gone back, they've been creating these like parallel universes mm. that won't affect their present. Yeah. Um. A little bit like how Dragon Ball Z does in a way. Um, I'm guessing they've created three parallel universes from the three points they've travelled to. Mm. Uh, but obviously, for the end, for Cap's kind of happy ending, mm. obviously I think it's thematically appropriate. But it does raise the issue of, like, does this mean he's simultaneous? Like, this is a universe that maybe he travelled to from a different universe to, that, to their past mm. and it's just been hiding... I mean, I'm quite happy to accept it because it gives him his happy ending. Oh, yeah. Was... But in the context of your question, yes, he probably was making out with his own granddaughter. Oh. Was, she, was Sharon Carter... Um... Yeah, she was Peggy's granddaughter. Or was she Peggy's niece? I can't really remember. But... There was a bl- it was a blood relative, let's put it. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> at that point, we'd kind of just split in hairs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Cap's, Cap's ending was pretty beautiful. Um, yeah, because I was ex- kind of expecting him to die. Yeah, and one of my my friends was as as well. I was talking to him beforehand, and to be honest, uh, I think I prefer the ending they gave him. Like, obviously, there's a very like intense bit during the final action. Yeah, where his shield just gets destroyed. Yeah, um, by Thanos. And he's just kind of there with, like, the piece of his shield, like, just a broken shield. And it's kind of like, oh, is this going to be be it? Yeah. Destroyed shield kind of thing. Yeah. Um, no, I really... But it wasn't, thankfully. I really like... Because he's, he's the soldier who's finally... He's he's done the biggest fight of them all. And I think that's a very appropriate time to, um, to wrap it up. So mm. I got to talk about... Um, Cap versus Thanos' army. And then... The portals open I one it is a great shot yeah <laughs> of just the silhouette of Cap yeah against... and the entire army yeah very reminiscent and he was of, willing um, to stand there and uh, very re- reminiscent of the uh, Luke Skywalker Last Jedi scene like just awesome yeah um absolutely 
But then that, it's such a cinema and such fan service, but I was literally just like yeah. beaming ear to ear as all those portals <laughs> opened up. Every hair on my body and, was just and it's, like standing on end at that bit, because the goosebumps and... Oh. That's the thing, you first you hear Sam over the radio. On your left. Nice callback. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then it was just a kind of, oh, I know them. Yeah. Oh, they're here. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Because <laughs> it does seem like everyone was there. Yeah. And then I, lo- I loved Wong's comment when Doctor Strange says, is that everyone? <laughs> and he's like, mm. what, you want more? <laughs> <laughs> and then Ant Ma- like Giant Man bursts out with Hulk. And oh, absolutely. Yeah. It is a lot of just like fan service. And it's... Um, it might be a bit over the top for like your sort of casual cinema goer, but like yeah, I've I've never like beamed as much as at a cinema moment than that. Um, it's all very earned, isn't it? Because yeah. they've spent so many years patiently building. Yeah, and they're like, this is our big blowout. Yeah, and he's and when he shouts, Avengers, assemble! Like, oh. yeah. Now my friend next to me muttered under a breath, assemble. Yeah, before. Ugh. <laughs> oh. Loved it, uh, and the then the the other moment that had me beaming ear to ear was also in that same battle sequence, um, where um, Cap lifts Mjolnir. Mjolnir. Yes, that's and so cool. <laughs> yeah, and he gets the ability to like summon it. Yeah, and he's yeah he's fighting how Cap would, but with Mjolnir, he's using the lightning to just like strike Thanos and stuff as well. Yeah, and he's using it like a sword and shield. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, no, that was awesome. And when he goes to take the axe and Thor was like, no, you have the little one. Yeah. <laughs> I liked, um, I liked, uh, even though I really liked Thor's look from the previous couple of movies, I thought when you see him with like the braids in his beard and like looking chunky with like Mjolnir and Stormbreaker, I thought that was a pretty cool look actually. Yeah, it actually <laughs> worked surprisingly. Yeah, considering he was just fucking the dude from the Big Lebowski the whole way through up until that moment yeah um, but yeah I am going to miss that Infinity War look though hmm I, I, I'm going to call the Infinity War look Thwar <laughs> um, and he's no longer Thwar unfortunately but <laughs> he's fought yeah <laughs> um but I, really... I kind of like how they've left it with him as well, him just going off with the Guardians. Yeah, that's going to be a fucking cracking movie, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, what else could we talk about? <laughs> Is this going to be a Spider-Verse situation where we just list cool moments? Maybe. Okay, so... I mean, I think that's just what spoiler reviews are, aren't they? Yeah. I'm going to attempt to, um, be, I'm going to, attempt to be critical. Um, I don't think it's a perfect movie. Oh, I don't. I think there's some bits which is just convenient. Yeah, and I think like, it's definitely, I think it's definitely more fan service than, um, than an actual straightforward story. Because if you look at Infinity War, and that's kind of Thanos's story from like what he's doing, his motivations, and like ultimately the payoff kind of thing. Whereas this is a bit more. Even though you get some like amazing payoff moments, it's kind of it's. It's it's um, overwhelmingly like fan servicey the whole way through, so it's not as yeah much. like everything is done is pretty convenient yeah. Like after suggest after mildly suggesting it uh, to Tony Stark, 
the concept of time travel. Yeah. He cracks it in about two hours. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, he's like, in, oh, okay, I've done it now. Well, in the movie, it's about two minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also the fact that they had to wear all these suits to travel through time, but then um, they find out the ship just comes through. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay. <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah, you, you kind of have to gloss over a lot of the stuff in this film. Um, because obviously I had a problem with some of, um, yeah, maybe some of the logic when you're trying to sort of tie it together, like the time travel elements and stuff, it's still, it's quite hard to get your head around and you kind of question like, wait, does that make sense? Um, and as I said earlier, like, is it, could, could is it possible to criticise a film which is this enjoyable? <laughs> um, yeah, that's the thing, it was just, it was... It was a, it was a, it was a pat. On, they were just patting themselves on the back oh, for yeah. three hours. I think going into this film, you definitely have to be. Don't go in thinking, "Oh, yeah, I'm going to analyze this film," and from like a cinematography point of view, I'm going to analyze it from this point of view. Just go in and just, just relax and have a laugh and and enjoy it. Don't, like, don't get me wrong. There's some well done bits. Oh yeah, considering considering the scale of it. Actually, mm. a lot of the a lot of the characters do have some really strong moments. Like, yeah. you see um, every, every every character by that final battle, you kind of see what they're fighting for. Yeah, especially like Tony, um, which was a really well done arc. I thought. Yeah, and I, I like when they uh, first show obviously his house and obviously his future, hmm. and introduce obviously. Uh, his daughter. Yeah, I just immediately thought to myself, "Oh no!" <laughs> <laughs> because um, there's one. Or, I was like, "There's one or two things that are gonna happen. Either yeah. he's gonna die, or they're gonna have to re- rewrite time. Yeah, and it's gonna write her out of existence. Oh yeah, I, yeah. And he's gonna have to make that sacrifice. Um, but no, I thought it was a very fitting end to Tony's um, journey, especially the bit that I mean. The bit that really got me was um, proof that Tony Stark had a heart bit right at the end. Yeah, because and yeah, that first Iron Man film just—I can't believe I, I watched that when I was eleven years ago. I watched that when I was eleven or twelve. Yeah, like <laughs> and like the the callback obviously to his original film, and also just a just a good line from to snap his fingers on. Oh yeah, I am Iron Man. Yeah. Mm. Amazing. Um, that's the thing. I, I think you definitely have to go into this film thinking it's a a finale, and you can't just you can't just watch it with limited knowledge kind of thing. You have to have watched the series to to get the finale kind of thing. Yeah, it's a season finale. Yeah, um, which I guess does doesn't make it a perfect film because I don't know. It's 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 the question of can you. Can a film be considered good if you couldn't consider it good in isolation? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and actually, and that's why for Sp- a, a lot, that's also lo- a big reason as to why Spider Verse won in our awards ceremony as opposed to Infinity War. Infinity War, yeah. yeah. And actually, I got uh, picked up Spider Verse on Blu-ray on Monday because that's when it was released in the UK. Yeah, rewatched that, and I was still like, oh, this is still so good. Yeah, but the thing is, I almost even though they're both superhero films. I wouldn't want to compare it to this, no, because because Spider Verse is just a solid standalone 
superhero film. Yeah. Whereas this is exceptional, but it's built on so much. Yeah. Like, it shows, like, the payoff, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> um, they they but, absolutely stuck the landing, didn't they? Yeah, and because they didn't spoil stuff in the uh, in the opening, yeah, in the trailer. Sorry, like you just didn't know what's going to happen. No, like, not at all. Um, with all of them going to their different times, I thought it was good team ups. Yeah, uh, the... I mean, you you could see what was going to happen with the Hawkeye and Black Widow story. It was done very well. Uh, it was, like, yeah. It's very, yeah, because I couldn't tell which one of them it was going to be until it happened. Yeah. I think the second time I watched it, it hit me a little bit harder because the first time you're watching it knowing that it's in the past and, like, again, I still wasn't completely sure on the rules of time travel and stuff and I was like, this is a survivable death. Like, <laughs> Yeah, because I, I think that's interesting that the Soul Stone one apparently isn't yeah because i thought they did a very clever job at writing around that with gamora yes and i think that's leading into a very interesting guardians free yeah well because the um gamora doesn't really know quill that well and she goes missing at the end of the film disappears and does yeah. her, does her own thing she doesn't know any of them no um but yes it leaves everything in a very interesting place and i'm excited to see if anything happens next. <laughs> the big question now is when a when Marvel try to do the next big story, yeah. will anyone turn out for it? Yes. Like will will they be able to replicate this again? Do you think the Russos should step down? Oh, it's a difficult one because it's not as though the Russos were doing the Avengers films from the start. No. But they've the done. Russo's did what the Winter Soldier. They've definitely done um, the best Civil bits War. of. They've done the best bits of Captain America, I'd say. Yeah. Um. Um. I think he'd, if they wanted to, this would be a perfect time. Yeah, it's, it'd be very difficult. Say, second, second album, wouldn't it? Yeah, they said they've done what they, you know, they've done what they wanted to do. It'd be a good time to step down. Yeah. Did you notice that one of the Russo brothers cameoed? Yes, as as the first explicitly gay Marvel character. MCU character, hmm. which I thought was very fun. Hmm. Um, and also, I like the fact that the Russos have almost snuck the entire cast of Community into the MCU. Oh, did they? <laughs> yeah, so in The Winter Soldier, it was uh, Abed from Community. Right. In Civil War, it was the Dean, who played the Dean of the campus. Right. Um, Donald Glover in Spider-Man Homecoming. Donald Glover, although obviously they didn't direct that, that's another yeah. cast member. And actually, the Arrested Development stair car was in the airport for the airport scene in Civil War. Oh, yeah. Oh, and uh, Ken, um, Jong, Ken Jong was in this film. Yeah, Ken Jong was in this film as a security guard, and Yvette Nicole Brown was in it as the security lady that suspects uh, oh, Tony really? Stark okay. and uh, Captain America. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So the only ones left is Alison Brie, who is currently the lead on um, uh, the woman's wrestling show on Netflix. Oh, Glow. Glow. She's yeah. the lead on that at the moment. Oh, right. um, uh, 
and then the two leads of community who are also quite busy at the moment. Yeah. So unless they wanted just to finish that off, then I think they're... <laughs> well, you think that's why they'd hang around? <laughs> yeah, just to sneak the last three into a film. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Pretty good. Very good. But it, yeah, doesn't, no, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel like three hours. No, bit it's... A bit of a breeze, isn't it? Yeah, and it's... Yeah, like you say, it's a lot of fan service, but... Phew, I'd say it's actually light. It's lighter in ta- in tone than Infinity War as well, which I was quite surprised about. Yeah, although I found well, maybe because of the three-hour movie, the quips were further spaced out. Hmm. Yeah, I know what um, you mean. Yeah, but like, I feel like just like how fun it is because when they go back in time in like that time heist, they don't play it out for tension necessarily. They play no. it out for so like. When you when you see that shot, the spinning shot of the Avengers from the first Avengers movie, yeah, they're obviously they they're using the nostalgia to like really, really give you that sort of raw emotion. And equally, when they use it for character development as well, so Tony gets a bit of a send off with his father. Thor gets more of a send off with his mother, um, mm. and of course, um, Captain America gets his payoff as well. It felt like a very nice love letter to all the original. Avengers and some of the new ones as well hmm. but obviously the new ones have still got lots to do yeah they've just got to <laughs> lots of contracts still left <laughs> they've just got to see if they can bring the films together without the, the main two unifying forces hmm. in the narrative what Cap and Iron Man yeah the hmm. two leaders because hmm. there's no one quite like them no um, but we'll see. Um, what do you think of Captain Marvel in this movie? See, I still haven't seen Captain Marvel. Oh, okay, so you're probably a bit confused as to... I mean, you get she the just... gist. Yeah, no, I get that she's kind of like their version of Superman. Hmm. But she just kind of shows up so in the beginning, and then obviously she's trying to cover the entire universe, so she's not in most of the movie. Do you think they were being And then just careful. kind of... Sh- yeah. Shows up and destroys the ship at the end. It's like, okay. Do you think they were being very careful with how they use her? And and writing her out for certain moments? I mean, maybe that was to Cause that help was, with a the... Lot, a lot the... of people were saying, like, oh, she's just going to turn up and defeat Thanos easily, isn't she? But that's not what happens in the movie. Yeah, and it's interesting to see that actually when she did go hand-to-hand, she didn't just easily dominate him. They're actually pretty even. Something I liked a lot about this movie was... Thanos seems younger. Yes, because in, in in Infinity War, he's and even at the beginning of Endgame, where he's all, he's 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 quite sad about how he treated Nebula because he's just like he's he's actually quite wise in those two movies. Um, whereas this version, with all the armor on and everything, he is just like mad. <laughs> yeah, um, especially that bit in. Um, in the final battle where he's like, okay, I, uh, you were right. I, I shouldn't kill half the universe. I should um, just kill them all. Kill them all and everyone would be grateful. He's he's just batshit crazy by this point. Um, mm. And I loved seeing that because he's just, he's going ham. Because he's, and like in Infinity War, like a, a big part of his character is what he wasn't doing it personally. Whereas this... 
I think sense, as well you could sense see, how personal it was about it. Probably seeing his own future didn't help. No, yeah, of course. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's good to see him go full villain, mm. full crazy villain. Yeah. And to be honest, it sets up for quite a nice third act battle. Yeah. And when you see Thanos and his army turn to dust, it's very, very satisfying. Yes. They've done a bloody good job. Is it worth even doing number scores or? Um, it's a tough one because, as I said, like, what do we give this as a movie? Hmm. Um, as a, as a just a movie by itself. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Fuck it. It's a. It's a. It's a ninety degree thumbs up. So is that ten out of ten? I I don't understand you. That's right. Yes. <laughs> I think I'm going to say no, nine point five. Okay. <laughs> because I'm a real stickler. Yeah. I mean, like as you've, I, I liked your wording on the um, Spider Verse review in that. Like, I guess a movie or an art form should just be the perfect expression of itself. Yeah. And it pretty much was. Yeah. Like, I've got enough places where I was like, hmm, or I'd say 9.5, because they could have been just a little bit. Like, yeah. Although it's oh, yeah. probably it's the, not flawed, the only attempt at doing itself it's going to be. Yeah. Like, I don't think they're going to have another shot. No. And, yeah, it's it's it, it gives you exactly what it's presenting itself as, mm. um, which works spectacularly. So, that's it for the... Uh, that's our last of the um, Infinity storyline in the MCU. Yeah. Have to see what happens next. Yeah. So, I think that's going to do it for our show this week. Usually we'd do like another little segment here, but we've been talking for quite a long time. The news was quite long because it's the first show back, and obviously we're talking about one of the biggest film events of the year. Mm-hmm. So, we're going to just call it a day, and we're going to start doing our little wrap up now so uh plugs i've actually got stuff to plug for a change (gasps) so in the time since the last episode in december i've been actually quite busy so Mm. i did a 10 episode podcast with my sister vicky uh over on a a bridge big knickers called big nostalgia we talked about 10 nintendo 64 games that we played as kids how they were developed and kind of their quirks and whether we think they've aged well now Mm-hmm. So you go check that out. There is a the current uh, gaming Let's Play series going up on the Haddo Inc. channel on Fridays is also with Vicky. We're playing through a Hat and Times co-op mode, and that's a very fun series I'd recommend. Once that's done, it'll be back to me and Nick probably playing Lego Harry Potter. <laughs> uh, and for April Fools this year, uh, I we worked on and released a ukulele parody video, which part one is now available on YouTube. So go check those out. You can follow me personally at Haddowink on Twitter. Follow the Synopt Podcast at Synopt Podcast. Nick, do you want to do your stuff now? I'm at Mick Nortimer on Twitter. Um, write in some suggestions if um, you've got anything, ideas or whatnot for um, what we can do. Me and Phil have been talking about potentially doing a Star Wars themed written series at some point in the future because uh, yeah, the nature of my job has ha- means we actually get very limited time to do <laughs> these podcasts because I work all weekend and obviously it goes out on a 
on a Monday when the big films come out, and then hmm. we end up with very little turnover time. So I'd quite like to get into some more scripted stuff, and we've got a couple of ideas floating around. Um, but yeah, let us know if you've got any suggestions for anything we can do. Always happy to hear. So uh, next week, the topic will... Well, we actually don't know. We may be talking about Star Wars Episode Nine. We may be doing something else. Then we will have an episode this season on Star Wars. We're back for another seven episodes now. Mm-hmm. So following the podcast uh, on Twitter is always the best way to know what's coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. And I'm going to take another look at what other services we can get on. Um, just to make it so you can listen as conveniently as possible. But until next week, uh, I have been Phil. And I have been Nick. And thank you very much for joining us for this episode of the podcast. Bye. Bye.